Welcome to Celebrity Book Club, the podcast where we read the memoirs of pop culture icons so you don't have to. I'm Kara. And I'm Carrie. And today we're reading Troublemaker by Leah Remini. Okay, Carrie, this week you read Troublemaker by Leah Remini. I did. I did not. Do you want to give us a 60 second summary of what this entire book is about? We're going to be focusing on just one chapter today, but just give us a broad overarching idea of what this book is about in one minute. Your time starts now. Go. Leah Remini grew up in Bensonhurst, New York. She, her parents got divorced at a young age. She, uh, her mom became a Scientologist and uh, had a nice stepdad through Scientology for a little bit. They uh, got so roped into Scientology that uh, mom moved her and her kids to the Sea Org where Leah Remini had to do hard labor. Uh, Leah Remini liked to make out with boys while she was there and she got in trouble for that and eventually they got kicked out of the Sea Org and already it hadn't been working out for them as a family uh, so they moved to LA. Uh, Leah Remini decided she was going to be an actress. She tried to get jobs on head of the class for years. She also uh, eventually booked a small role in that then got the sitcom Living Dolls and would proceed to not get work for a while. She uh, then uh, booked King of Queens, still was doing Scientology, fell in love with her husband, uh, left Scientology. We'll talk more about that today. And your time's up. That's mostly it. I covered most of it. So hopefully you that's did. good enough. So Kara, what do you know about Leah Remini? What are your experiences, memories? Uh, what's your deal with Leah? So I think like most people in their late 20s, early 30s, I became aware of her because of King of Queens, which was always on syndication, <laughs> slash also airing. IRL, right? Because it was like late sure. 90s, early 2000s. Sure, it's it's like 99 to 2007. Like it, what? Yeah. Oh wait, wait no, 98 to 2007. It ran for nine seasons. Wow, that's okay. Incredible. I love. Don't, I'm learning things already. Look at this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I was aware of her on King of Queens, and then um, as I got older, and I developed an interest in <laughs> this sounds so weird in cults. I learned that she was a former member of Scientology through many documentaries that I watched about Scientology. And then I know that she has her TV show that like debunks or not de- that I, her TV show that explores people who have left Scientology. She seems chill. She seems very New York. She is a uh, very New York. That is a large part of the book is that her brand is New York. And uh. considering she lived there only until she was like, 10 years old it's particularly <laughs> fascinating like king of queens shot in la right king of queens shot in la she has not lived in new york most of her life but <laughs> but uh, it's her brand but it's her brand but it's her brand. does she talk about it in the book oh yeah she talks about her bensonhurst gang there are uh the photo spreads in this book are incredible um in <laughs> like pages in the center on like the glossy paper <laughs> You know how in a celebrity memoir, there will sometimes be like one insert of those? Yeah. Leah had two. So they're... Wait, like two chunks? Yes. So I'm going to show you the edge of this book. There is one third of the way in, there's a set of pictures, and then another third. She couldn't, she couldn't narrow it down. 
she had I admire to have her tenacity. I would agree. After reading this book, I admire the shit out of her tenacity. This homegirl is wild, is very different from me, but I am a little obsessed with her. My first exposure to Miss Leah Remini is mm-hmm. not through King of Queens. I'm going to tell you a story now. OMG. About the very best six episode arc of a little show called Saved by the Bell. Ah. Everybody gets jobs for the summer at the the local beach club, which is called the Malibu Sands. And she plays Stacey Carosi, still always New York. <laughs> still very New York. Still very New York in the middle of the Malibu beach club industry. Um, she's the daughter of like the owner or manager. Okay. She was by far prettier than everyone that's been on the show. And I was like, oh, I love her. That's something I feel like that populates 90s shows is that like, there's the main cast who is like super attractive, but then they get the guest stars who are like up and coming, like teen and 20 something hotties. And they have to be like the hot girl or the hot guy, which is something that Carrie Russell talks about on Felicity. Like when Jennifer Garner was a guest star in season one, she was like, I would watch what Jen had to do. And I would be like, oh, that's no fun. Like, I love the job that I have. Anyway, (laughs) I'm going to find a way to talk about Carrie Russell on every episode of this somehow. If you don't, I'll be disappointed. Or at least every member of Felicity. I think we can get that done. No problem. For sure. I, I love that. That's our B plot in this podcast is Felicity. <laughs> it's a Felicity. It's a Felicity podcast. Deep backdoor down. Felicity podcast. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue your story. <laughs> no, no. It actually goes perfectly into that because uh, you know this about me, that I am a contrarian in many mm-hmm. forms. That started when I was very young. And for most of my life, I have been a person who roots for what I would call like the second season love interest in a show. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. The person that you're, no one is rooting for. The person that everyone is like, you know, uh, Zach and Kelly are my OTP or like Summer and Seth. And I'm out here rooting for like the weird guy who makes a comic book with Seth in season two. Like <laughs> I just, I am out here for the Stacey Carosis of the world for honestly you haven't watched Buffy but for the Rileys of the world like give these weird uh late season love interests their due we know they aren't ever the lasting relationship but I think honestly all of our characters would be a lot healthier if they were I love that I respect that all right I've got some IMDB other interesting tidbits about uh Miss Leah Remini because this book was written in 2013 2014 oh really that up so there's been a lot since oh no this is before her tv show it is before that tv show um so she had a reality television show on lifetime that she was uh really promoting as this was going on about like living with her family and what it's like living with leah remini what what i've noticed from leah remini's uh imdb is that she is booked and busy for one season at a time and then her stuff gets canceled like honestly incredible i think i think she is probably complicated to work with but honestly it's probably one of the most interesting experiences you can have so other things i learned about her on imdb she played ria perlman's daughter on two episodes of cheers oh incredible in the photo spread it shows her in a great wedding dress it's a white mini with a like poofy uh veil but it's attached to the butt 
I don't know how to describe it, but it's like it has a it has like a mullet. It's a mullet dress. Okay. But it's a very stylized mullet. Like they put a like lot of Like the veil goes past the length of the skirt. I think she's wearing both a veil and her skirt has a veil. Understood. Which is probably oh. not what the official fashion term is. That's okay. She's wearing like a bodycon dress basically. Mm-hmm. And then it has like this poof thing that okay. is, it's a look. I'll absolutely be Googling that after we do this. She most recently was in the film Second Act. Do you know what the movie Second Act is, Kara? I do. There were ads for it in the subway. I know that it stars Jennifer Lopez, your favorite celebrity of all time. (laughs) Correct. Correct. It does. And I'm going to warn you that this is not the only time we'll be talking about Jennifer Lopez today. Uh, But but yes, she was in second act with Jennifer Lopez. And I don't think I can make it through this podcast without doing something I know you love to do, which is uh, pronounce Jennifer Lopez's name like an Aussie would. So can you do that for me, please? I absolutely can. And I will be the first person to say I did not invent this. I did not. I'm another person who discovered how funny this was. I feel like the first place that I saw it was Ilana Glazer doing it on Abby Jacobson's Instagram story. Okay, that's very good to know because I wouldn't want to steal from uh, Ilana and Abby. Correct. But it's an incre- her Jennifer Lopez's name is incredibly fun to say in an Australia slash New Zealand accent uh, because it sounds like this. Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> It's so good. It makes it's me, like there's so many sounds in her last name. Lopez. <laughs> it's, it's whatever happens with the O is particularly yes. great. I really it's enjoy that. Incredible. Gianna? And you really have to like use get into it. Gianna? Lopez. Lopez. Uh-huh. That was, yeah, that was really good. Okay, good. Because I'm going to say it a lot today. So get Excellent. ready for that. Can't wait. Um. The only other thing of note in her IMDb besides King of Queens is mm-hmm. a show called Kevin Can Wait. Oh, yeah. Which is apparently not the same thing as King of Queens, even <laughs> though it stars Kevin James and Leah Remini. Yes. I don't quite understand what this show is. I went into the IMDb for Kevin Can Wait because I was so fascinated. He's a former cop who recently got a divorce and is trying to figure out how to date again. And in the tagline, it says, so he turned, so his kids turn to his former police partner who happens to be Leah Remini. So they aren't dating, but by the end of the show, I assume they start dating. Fascinating. I mean, I guess it's nice that you like working together. For sure. I always love when that happens when people like who are a good pair team up to do something else. Yeah, I think it's to make another sitcom is my problem. Right, I don't like do have something a, different. Movie stars can do that. <laughs> Put Sersha and Timmy together any day of the week. I'm going to go see that. Oh my God, that's not the example I thought you were going to use. Oh, I, I thought you were going to do Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. <laughs> yes, yes. I love them more than anybody else. Sersha and Timmy are more relevant. I'm trying to modernize, you know, be a youth. I respect so that. I suppose I should talk about Meg Ryan slightly less in I guess. my day-to-day life. I probably won't, though. I love her so much. She's great. With our About the Author out of the way, we know a little bit about Leah Remini. We know we've got some cult stuff. We've got some Scientology to expect. We've got a fascinating career in mostly sitcoms. With that said, we're going to dig into her book a little bit. Okay. Leah Remini's book is 228 pages, and we do not have time to cover that entire thing. 
So instead, what we do here on Celebrity Book Club is we pick one iconic chapter that stood out the most, which means, Kara, it's time to play Guess That Chapter. Guess That Chapter is a game where I give Kara a list of people and places, aka characters and settings for all my English teachers out there, and she has to guess the plot of that chapter. She has to figure out what is uh, this little story that I'm going to tell about? I feel like I'm on Billy on the Street. Uh, that's the goal. That's, <laughs> that's the goal is I'm a more subdued Billy Eichner. That's the energy I'm trying to bring to every interaction in my life. If, mm-hmm. if Billy Eichner took two melatonin, that's me. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, God. Um, okay, okay, okay. Not so, one. Two melatonin. Two. It has to be two. No, it has one. to be two. One is not <laughs> enough. One, one has barely any effect. There's like a slight change in pitch and nothing else. <laughs> right. If anything, he's grouchier because it hasn't done much. It's like, I'm sluggish and lethargic. I'm Billy Eichner. Billy Eichner, if you're listening, I don't know why you would be. I love you. Yes. Uh, I hope that's clear. I hope that's clear that just because I'm taking uh, melatonin, uh, Billy Eichner, that I still aspire to be Billy Eichner. Well, of course. Don't All right, Kara, here yes. are the characters in uh, today's chapter. I'm ready. They are our leading lady, Miss Leah Remini, her husband, Angelo. Tom Is he Cruise. a celebrity of any kind that, like, that we know? He is not. I can tell you, uh, because we are not going to cover this today, that he became a Scientologist for Leah Remini because she was having an affair with him while he was married to someone else. And to recover from that, she paid for his uh, marriage counseling. Incredible. Continue. She paid for his marriage counseling. That marriage counseling with Scientology didn't work. He got a divorce, and then he and Leah Remini got married. So I love this already. Honestly, Scientology helped her a lot in many ways. Truly. All right, so we have Leah Remini, her husband Angelo, Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes, Surrey Cruise, David Miscavige, two prominent Scientology members, Tommy Davis and Jessica Feshbach, who every time I read it, I read as Fleshbach, which is very different. And, and are then, they, those are two Scientology names that I do not recognize. Are they like celebrities or are they like Scientology? Scientology people. Members. That's why I wanted to, yeah. So they're just right. two Scientology people, but their names are going to come up a lot. So Tommy Davis and Jessica Feshbach. Okay. And then our final two characters in this are Mark Antony and Jennifer Lopez. Oh my God. With their matching lines at Kohl's. The setting, this takes place in November of 2006 in Rome, Italy. What do you think this is going to be about? My first guess is like some sort of like a retreat, like a Scientology gathering, especially since so many prominent people are at it. What year did you say it was? 2006. And if Surrey Surrey Cruz is already alive, yes. Yes. Because she was born in what, like 2000. She was born in early 2006, so like January or so. So she's a bebe still at this point. Yeah, still very much a bebe. Well, then in that case, I'm going to have to say that this is probably Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes' wedding. You are correct! (laughs) (laughs) Kara, you did it. This is... 
Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes' wedding. Amazing. Are you ready to learn about it? I am. Please tell me everything that happened in this chapter of this book. I am going to have to cheat a little bit because I have to go back to another chapter to give you some background on these people. I will mostly be talking about chapter 13 of Troublemaker if you want to purchase this book to read this one chapter. I also would recommend chapters 12 and 14. I would not recommend any other chapters. (laughs) I just, I think that Leah Remini has many skills. I am not sure that 228 pages of writing are among them. Before we go to Tom and Katie's wedding, Uh Got to give you a little bit of details. Leah Remini would like you to know, as she would throughout the book, as she would like, I think, every person in this world to know, she's not jealous of Tom Cruise. She just doesn't think that he is a good Scientologist. Wait, so is this her in 2006 saying that she does not agree with the way that Tom Cruise practices Scientology? Or is this her present day that she wrote this book as an ex-member of the church? saying this. Twofold. She wants you to know that at no point in time in her life, including now, is she jealous of Tom Cruise. Leah Remini has never been, will never be jealous of Tom Cruise. That's the most important thing to take away. Okay. And as time has gone on, she has sometimes questions about Tom Cruise's approach to Scientology. For example, when he was on Oprah and did the famous jumping on the couch to announce his love of Katie Holmes. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. She filed a knowledge report on him, which is where you write up a report in Scientology when you think they do, someone does something that, like, is it goes against Scientology. Incredible. Truly incredible. So she just was watching Oprah and, like, filled out a report being like, Tom Cruise is doing too much. Um, This report says, Tom Cruise, crime doing the most. (laughs) On ostensibly the most watched afternoon television show. It's like what YouTube was invented for, right? Isn't that a thing? Yes, that was one of the first, like, viral videos. Beyond the, like, E-bombs world type stuff, that event was one of the first true-to-life viral moments. Wild. Absolutely wild. And Leah Remini's decision was to be like, this is a bad look for Scientology. (laughs) Obsessed. Continue. So she reported that and people got back to her right away like, oh no, he's just very uptone. And I don't want to go too deep into uh, Scientology. Uh, That is the most interesting part of this book, though. There is a tone scale. And if you're low on the tone scale, you're a suppressive person and they can't talk to you. But if you are high on the tone scale, it makes you like closer to L. Ron Hubbard, like, and you want to be high on the tone scale. So their response to Tom Cruise is doing too much was to be like, no, he's just really high up on his tone scale. He's like basically a few steps away from L. Ron at this point. Leah Remini is not jealous of Tom Cruise. That's why when King of Queens was finally nominated for one Emmy for Kevin James's performance in july or no one of the the emmys are like september they are but nominations come out in july okay yeah so it must have been for nominations in july so their nominations come out and leah remini is like walking the red carpet to support kevin james and every single reporter is saying to her oh didn't you get to see surrey cruz because she was one of the few because if you remember surrey cruz no one saw her for the first six months of her life yes everyone thought she was made up leah remini's walking down the red carpet she wants to be there for her 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 co-star 
Kevin James. She's there to support Kevin James. And all people do is keep asking her about this baby. And so she just starts yelling at the reporters like, I don't know, it's a baby. I'm here for Kevin. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) I hate myself right now. Um, But so that's the energy that Leah Remini brings to a lot of Tom Cruise interactions. She still goes over to his house sometimes. She and her husband- Not currently. In 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 this this time. time. In 2006, she's going over to his house with Angelo and on double dates with him and Katie. Fascinating. Uh, This is also where she starts seeing Tommy and Jessica there all the time. Now, Tommy and Jessica, not flashback, but- Honestly, I wish I wish it were. <laughs> what a name. Tommy and Jessica are people who work for the COB, meaning the chairman of the board, meaning David Miscavige. They are supposed to work for him, but instead their main job, it appears, is to like handle all of Tom Cruise's needs. And so these two people are just sort of always like chaperoning events. So instead of it being a double date, it's like a triple date. I hate this. Are these two people a couple IRL? I will tell you this. At the time in 2006, they were both married to other people. By 2010, they were married to each other. Hello. That will become relevant again as Leah Remini goes on a tirade towards the end of her time in Scientology. Okay, so Tommy and Jessica are there, they're chaperoning, and Leah Remini has a lot of questions about this. She keeps going, is there policy on that? Which is a thing you do, because what I didn't know about Scientology is that it's perhaps the most bureaucratic religion there is. (laughs) Okay. There's a policy for everything. You can read and read and read, and you will still have not read all of Scientology policies. Policy being the writings of L. Ron Hubbard, question mark? The writings of L. Ron Hubbard, but he also wrote it like it is a manual, like it's a staff manual, basically. So so there's just a lot going on. So she keeps asking if there's policy on that. She doesn't really feel comfortable with that. These are the early, the seeds of doubt in Miss Remini's mind. They're hanging out sometime after this Emmys debacle. And Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes tell Leah and Angelo that they're going to get married. And they're very excited. And it's great. And we're all very happy for them. And then they ask Leah Remini to invite J-Lo and Mark Antony. Does Leah Remini know J-Lo and Mark Antony? Yes. Leah Remini is, is very good friends with Mark Antony first. And then when Mark Antony started dating J-Lo, uh, apparently the very first thing she said to her is that she wanted to punch her in the face because she was even more beautiful in person. <gasps> That's kind I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> You're too beautiful. <laughs> oh my God. She came and sat at our table. The first thing I thought was, oh my God, I want to punch her in the face. She's even more beautiful in person. <laughs> Yours is so much better. <laughs> I, I will say though, I've, other than outside of her television show, I have probably watched like one or two interviews with Leah Remini and it's been a minute. So I don't know if this impression is at all accurate. It's just baseline New York talk very fast. I also know that mine is incredibly inaccurate and I am actually doing an impression of Ben Savage on Boy Meets World in the episode called Chick Like Me, where Ben Savage and Ryder Strong dress up as girls, and Ryder Strong dresses up as a hot Veronica that all the guys try to take out, and when Corey dresses up, he looks like a lunch lady, and so he just becomes (laughs) the lunch lady. And that's his voice. 
and that's his voice. <laughs> and so that's my Leah Remini. I'm so sorry to her. As previously mentioned, I thought she was stunning and probably had a crush on her on Saved by the Bell. Like, stunning. So I'm here for you, Miss Remini, but I am going to you. do this voice till the end of time now. It's fine. Leah Remini knows uh, J-Lo and Mark Antony. And okay. so she says to Tom Cruise, like, oh, well, why don't you guys invite them? And they say, oh, well, we don't really know them. So they want <laughs> Not well to enough invite- to invite them to your wedding. Flash forward. We're on our way. We're on the private charter jet to Italy. Okay. Leah Remini is sitting on the same plane as one Brooke Shields, who has very recently been embroiled in a controversy with Tom Cruise about postpartum depression, which Leah, as a member of Scientology, had to like speak out and defend Tom Cruise and said things like, can you really love your child if you've had thoughts that dark? Which <sighs> is fucked up. And so Leah Remini's just like on this plane with her. What about Scientology is anti-postpartum depression? Like the idea is that if you're a Scientologist, like you should be so evolved that you don't have those kinds of thoughts. Scientology is very big in you're in control of your emotions at all time. Like you, uh, So depression and mental illness is not real. Depression and mental illness is not real and definitely taking antidepressants or something to adjust your moods. That's cheating. That's like performance enhancing drugs for them, I think. Understood. Again, so, Scientologists, come on the pod. Correct us at any point in time. <laughs> email us, celebritybookpod at gmail.com. If Please. you are a Scientologist and you have info that we're saying wrong just email us in general i like want to know anything if we said it right tell me just like anything a small fact about scientology i will eat it up i want to have the most accurate information so i can obliterate you correctly <laughs> oh sick burn i'm on your side tell me about it Kara's gonna be rude but i'm gonna be here for you i'm here to listen i'm not here to judge understood hashtag balance I'll take a free course. I won't pay for it, but like I'll move as far in the ranks of Scientology as you can go for free just to try it. For serious? If it were free and I've read enough about it that like they put all your name and stuff on mailing lists. So if I just give them the wrong email address, I'll do it. I'll give them a fake email address, a fake address and be good to go. Get like a P.O. box for all your Scientology shit. So, Leah Remini's on the flight to Italy. She is going there. Brooke Shields is there. Before leaving for the flight, J-Lo and Leah booked a shared stylist for the trip because there were just going to be so many photos. So, Leah Remini asked if she could have room next to Jennifer Lopez. To, I'm so sorry. To Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> I can't. I don't do it as well as you. So, she asked it. to have a room next to J-Lo, and that involves her getting moved that room that she gets moved to was supposed to be for Brooke Shields. So Brooke Shields got a smaller room and Scientology was up in arms about that. You know who didn't care? Brooke Shields. Well, wait, wait, wait. Scientology was pissed that a person who they didn't like anyway got a smaller room? I don't understand. Scientology was pissed that Leah Remini acted above herself and thought she could change rooms. Everything should be set in stone. Understood. So this is the kid who on a class field trip switches so that they can have adjoining rooms with their best friend. Yeah, totally. How many field trips did you go on where there were adjoining room situations? That this Zero. Um, okay. That was a completely fictional scenario that I've seen on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I have gone on a lot of, uh, believe it or not, speech and debate field trips where- I believe it. Uh, 
thank you, uh, where there are rooms booked, but none of them have ever been in adjoining rooms. That was like never a thing. But also I will say that the chaperoning on those trips were always light. And I'm going to tell you why, because it was speech and debate club. So they didn't think nerdy kids are going to do anything. And I'm here to tell you, we did did. nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Not once. Nothing even remotely scandalous ever happened. So throughout this trip, they're very upset that Leah Remini is is thinking herself high above things. Multiple times. Making her own decisions. Making her own decisions. Multiple times, Jessica, not Fleshbach, tells her that she should be grateful that she was even invited. So before the wedding, there's a dinner. I guess it's the rehearsal dinner. It's unclear. But there's this like big fancy dinner like a night or two before the wedding. At this dinner, Tommy and Jessica are all over each other, touching each other. They did not bring their spouses to their the wedding. They came together. And as Leah Remini will say, they were drinking red wine, which is scandalous. Because in Scientology, you can't drink 24 hours to when you're supposed to be on course, meaning like taking a class. And because almost everyone is always taking some sort of course, they basically don't drink, but they were drinking and touching each other. And Mark Antony, who doesn't know these people, asks if they're married. And they both like look deeply upset that anyone would ever think they're married. And it's like, y'all are one step away from tonguing each other, but okay, sure, you're not married. Oh my God. I had a question about drinking. Yes. Like why is it because they think it'll like cloud your judge or like you'll say things that you quote unquote don't mean like I think it's all about clarity and being in control over your body right like the same way that those antidepressants affect yourself drinking affects yourself like it's anything that alters, alters your truest your... form got it I guess I don't know they haven't gotten that far I haven't gotten a Scientology pamphlet in the mail I'm still waiting for those emails guys check your P.O. box <laughs> as soon as this is done I'll be at my P.O. box <laughs> All right, there are, there are three major events that happen at this dinner. The first is Tommy and Jessica fondling each other in public. The second is David Miscavige is there. Head of Scientology, David Miscavige is there. And instead of bringing his wife, Shelly Miscavige, he's there with an assistant. And they are also touching each other inappropriately. Which is when Leah Remini begins what will be a four-year quest to determine where the fuck is Shelly Miscavige. Because this was like the first, am I correct? This was the first like big church-related event that she was not present at. Shelly was not present at. Correct, correct. Before this, people still saw Shelly Miscavige and Shelly Miscavige was still around. But now it is sort of like a known secret in Scientology that like she has not been seen for at this point, like 14 years. Holy shit. Holy shit, indeed. (laughs) So that's happening. Leah starts asking questions to the fondling couple, Tommy and Jessica, and they keep telling her that that's like above her levels or something, that she doesn't have the clearance to ask those kinds of questions. Again, the bureaucracy involved in Scientology is truly wild. Truly. Um, It's like different uh, security clearance levels. Exactly. Exactly. And then the last thing that happens is... People are at dinner, they're sitting, talking, and 
you can just hear a baby crying in the background. You can just hear Surrey Cruz's cries are like coming out through this big fancy dinner. And Tom and Katie do not fucking move. They keep their asses in the chair and it doesn't appear that any assistants move. And at some point, of course, because uh, take it with a grain of salt, because she is our heroine, Leah Remini gets up and goes and finds the baby. Now Maybe I'm picturing was- this dinner looking like I know it's in Italy, but I'm picturing, I need everyone to know how I picture this to look. Great. I don't know why. I'm it's picturing important. this to be like the dining room in the dad's apartment in succession times a lot more. Like instead of seating 10 people, it seats like 50 or 100 or something. That's fantastic. I've never seen succession. All right. I, I have can, watched it in quarantine. It's pretty good. I can tell you that I picture an incredibly long table, but it's at like an olive garden or a buco de beppa like it, it, is, it, is, it is cheesy americanized italian someone is twirling a pizza in the background like that's what i see happening Amazing. Exactly. That's exactly what I see happening. And so she goes to this restroom, which in my mind is like an Olive Garden style public restroom. <laughs> like it's, there's like maybe a fancy waiting area, but also it may just be stalls. So she goes to the bathroom. I don't know if she had to go to the bathroom or if she couldn't handle the baby crying anymore. And there are three different assistants hovering over this baby, not touching Surrey. They are standing or kneeling over top of this baby and talking to Surrey Cruz like she is L. Ron Hubbard incarnate. What? They they are in like very calm tones saying, well, just tell us what you need. What can we do? You need to control your emotions. Like things like that. That's what they're saying to this baby. And our queen, Leah Remini, goes, she's a baby. She's probably hungry. <laughs> Has anyone gotten her bottle? And someone, oh tries God. <laughs> someone tries to give this baby a cold bottle. And she's like, no, go to the kitchen. Tell him to heat it up. And for the love of God, someone pick up that baby. <laughs> like, like, she just fully goes off on them. And apparently as she like came back to her seat, Katie gave her a nod, but that was as much of it. Like no one acknowledged that it had happened. Like a thank you or like a... Like a, yeah. Like at that time, it seems like a thank you. Okay. This is all before we even get to the wedding day. Holy shit. This is absurd. So we're finally day of the wedding. Leah and JLo are getting ready to go. Uh, they are preparing, getting, like, beautified. I don't really know what's happening. Tommy and Jessica keep calling Leah Remini, saying that she has to get on the van with all the Scientology guests. She cannot go with the celebrity guests. She cannot go with Jennifer Lopez. Leah Remini is freaking out and, like, panicking and not sure what to do. And finally... Jennifer Lopez is like, gets on the phone, is like, no, she's coming with me. And then everyone is just like, oh, okay. Anytime that Jennifer Lopez speaks to someone who's involved in Scientology, her move is like, they just listen to whatever she says. They're like, oh yeah, totally, totally. They're trying to like recruit her, right? Like that's That's the intent of inviting her to this. That's what it seems like. They just keep agreeing to everything she says. But when Leah Remini speaks, they look at her like she's a problem. But so eventually, you know, Leah, Angelo, JLo, and Mark Antony all get there. They get there close to on time. 
They're technically there on time, but then Leah Remini's dress rips as she's going up the steps. So one of the uh, like 10 Armani seamstresses that were hired for this helps sew her back up and then she sits down. Apparently the wedding started late. That's a lot to unpack there. 10 Armani seamstresses is what I'm stuck on, but continue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So apparently the wedding starts late. They, they have their ceremony, they get married, and then they have like some sort of receiving line where uh, Tom and Katie uh, walk by each couple that is there and like say hello, say thank you. When they do this, they say hello and thank you to everybody. And then they walk past Leah Remini. They skip her. So they just don't like acknowledge her presence there. They do not acknowledge her presence. What about Angelo? I, <laughs> I'm assuming I don't also know. not. I, I think they also ignored Angelo. I think they decided that like their actions were as a couple. So that happens. And then it's time to like sit for the ceremony. And Gianna Lopez sees that her and Leah are at two different tables. And she asks Leah if she can like, get them seated at the same table because Jennifer Lopez doesn't know anyone else at this wedding. She's she is just the story, str- honestly. She is a stranger at this wedding and she just like is trying to get through it while one of her best friends is having a crisis of faith at the same time. I would watch this movie. I would oh, like 100% fully watch this buddy comedy of like two friends struggling through a Scientology wedding together. Well, so many people in Scientology work in the entertainment industry. I feel like it would never get up the chain. It would never be able to be made. Leah Remini would dispute that. She believes that that is mostly a myth oh. and that Scientology didn't actually help her career in, in many ways and that they just want to give that illusion. I wonder if Leah is just a little bit challenging to work with and so maybe Scientology. I think it could be a little bit column A, a little column B there. So Jayla wants them to sit together. So Leah goes to the wedding coordinator who is not connected to Scientology, is just a person who plans weddings and asks her like, hey, would it be possible to squeeze two more seats at this table? And the wedding coordinator was great and said yes right away. And so they sit together. The whole wedding, like there's a lot more of this drinking, like a lot of stuff that has tested Leah Remini's faith. And so she like wants to leave pretty much as soon as it's done. They stay for a really long time, but then the four of them leave together. Our power couples leave and they start getting calls from Tommy and Jessica telling them to come back, that Tom and Katie really want Jennifer Lopez to come back. So. They will not stop until Leah puts Jennifer on the phone and then they just keep trying with her and she's like, no, I'm tired. It was really fun, but I'm going to go to bed. And they're like, oh, okay. Like just (laughs) done. They try like three times and then they're done. Um, Just like Jesus and whatever that thing is. Yeah. Just like Jesus. This is based. Peter? Peter denies it the third time. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Catholicism never sleeps. Never sleeps. (laughs) No rest for Catholicism out here um, in the middle of this Scientology pod. No Um, rest for two now atheists, previous Catholics. Correct. (laughs) It's still in there. It doesn't go away. It does not. Um, But so the wedding is over. J-Lo and Mark Antony are going to be leaving like a day or two later on their private plane. But Leah wants to get back to her kid and wants to like just be done. So she goes back on the Scientology plane. When she gets back, she receives notice that she's going to have to go to 
Flagstaff, which is, I think, where they is in is the Sea Org, which is where you go for your next levels. And she was already planning to go for her OTH levels or whatever it's called, but in like a week or two. And they say, no, you need to go sooner. And she asks if it has to do with the wedding in any way. And they're like, oh, no, it's nothing like that. Um, she gets there. Everyone at the wedding filed knowledge reports about her, including Katie Holmes, and what? said that she ruined the wedding, that she made the entire night about her, and that she had to make amends in some way. And oh a big God. part of like any of these knowledge reports is you have to make amends. The same way that uh, she tried to make amends for sleeping with a married man by paying for his marriage counseling... <laughs> She had to make amends by, like, she gave, sent everyone who attended the wedding a thing of, like, flowers and a gift basket that, like, apologized for her actions. And she, like... Imagine being a normal person who attended that wedding and receiving this and being like, what the fuck? What is happening? What is happening? Like, who... There are some oh other God. really interesting people, like Jim Carrey and uh, oh. Jenny... Because Jim Carrey and Jenny McCarthy were dating at the time are both at this wedding. What? what so what, like what, what? So what? like Jim Carrey gets a gift basket from Leah Remini that says, "I'm sorry I made Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes' wedding about me." Incredible. Truly. So she also contacts Katie Holmes and like sends her this long apology message and basically Katie writes a one-word response that says, "Work it out with your auditor." Like, <gasps> Katie Holmes doesn't want anything to do with her anymore. And previously, they were, like, not BFFs, but they were, like, close-ish? They were, I think it's probably the same way work acquaintances are a thing. Got it. They have this shared interest, so they do things together. But I don't think they would hang out if it weren't for that. Understood. And I also think that Leah Remini is probably one of the other more notable public-facing Scientologists who gave a lot of money at that time. Elizabeth Moss wasn't in the picture yet. So flash forward in time to Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes getting a divorce. The and year was? It would be five years later, so 2011. Wow, it happened that recently? Yeah. Yes, that tracks, that tracks. Yeah, which means Surrey Cruise is a teenager now? Yeah, I guess so. She was born in 2006. Six, yeah. She's f- She's celebrating 14. her 14th birthday, or already has. Yeah. She probably has. I'll check Katie Holmes' Instagram after this. Holy um, cow. But, wow, yeah, that's bananas. That is wild. That is wild. I vividly remember the magazine in uh, the grocery store. Same. I was like on Vanity Fair. I was thinking more like Star Tracks or like Us Weekly, but yeah. But yes, there was a Vanity Fair cover. The the Vanity Fair cover was like the pretty thing. And then all the, the Star and Us Weekly things were, like, were where Surrey? Surrey. My sister and I once went through a grocery store crying, laughing, going, where's Surrey? <laughs> because we had seen the headlines so many times. Where is she? Oh my God. I remember uh, my friend Sam, who is Jewish, was very annoyed because they named her Surrey after a word in Hebrew. I wish I could remember what word it was, but they did not spell it the way that it is spelled in Hebrew. So she was like, I don't fucking understand. Also, neither Katie Holmes nor Tom Cruise, to my knowledge, are Jewish. I don't think well, so. I mean, obviously, you know, Scientology, but like, if that is, if they were raised Jewish. Yes. Yes. I have no idea. So they get a divorce and. Not publicly, but internally, Katie Holmes is labeled as an SP, a suppressive person. 
And when someone is a suppressive person, if they ever filed a knowledge report against you, you can get those knowledge reports washed away. So Leah Remini starts to go through the process. She's like, oh, they got a divorce. She's suppressive. I had to pay $300,000 to the church to make amends for this wedding. So what are you going to do? How are you going to credit me back with what I deserve because all this stuff has happened? So she's complaining about that. People were upset that she wrote knowledge reports on what she saw at the wedding and particularly about Tommy and Jessica not flashback saying that they were touching each other when they shouldn't have been and people were really upset with her and she had to make amends for those knowledge reports. That couple is now married and together. So she was right about that. So she's complaining about that. She was right about that. She's complaining that there's suppressive people wrote reports on her in her file and She's also still wondering where Shelly Miscavige is. Incredible. So she is on a tear, and this starts to mark the end of her time at Scientology, like fighting against all these things. And then eventually, like, it all blows up in a truly spectacular way in which Angelo threatens to punch her handler in the face. And it's, it's a really great scene. Actually, maybe read the book. What I've come okay. around to is, like, maybe read the book. It's yeah, there's like parts some of it. incredible tea being spilled here that I, I want to be a part of. Yeah. So that's that's what I have for you. I love um, that. I learned so much. I think it is a little fascinating and a little weird, but I'm pretty obsessed with it. I love that. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Celebrity Book Club. This episode of Celebrity Book Club is brought to you by the dummies in the audience of Glee. Need seat fillers for a high school auditorium, but don't have the budget for 800 extras? Pick up some dummies, previously used for this exact purpose on Glee. Available wherever fine mannequins are sold. So we looked up some articles and images from the intranet from this wedding. And Carrie, what did we find out? We've learned so many things. Found a lot of great photos. Uh, Here's the thing I found, though, was cbsnews.com most expensive weddings of all time. Uh, CBS, baby. CBS, baby. (laughs) How, uh, from CBS.com, how much does it cost to get married at an Italian castle? Have the entire wedding party wear Armani. That's why there were 10 Armani seamstresses there. Hashtag sponsored by Armani. Yeah, as a sponsor. They also sponsor this podcast, fun fact. (laughs) Fun fact. Uh, Armani. Armani is the sponsor of Celebrity Book Club, the podcast. And also Stamps.com. We can get Stamps.com. Don't rule them out yet. That's a possibility. (laughs) Have a fireworks display and Andrea Bocelli perform. Cost them $2 million. They had a $2 million wedding. I don't know anything about opera, much to my sister's shame, but I do know who Andrea Bocelli is. I don't. So that's cool. I think he's... Oh, see, now I'm dumb. Is he... I think he's one of the three tenors, maybe? You know what? I'm going to work on that while you tell me what you found out. So mostly what I found out was that fashion in 2006 was a disaster. I already knew this because I lived through it. I was in high school at the time. And so a lot of my outfit choices are permanently on the internet because Facebook also was becoming popular around this time. And I, for some reason, found it necessary to take a picture of absolutely everything that happened to me. So my high school outfits from 2006 and 2007. I'm going on Facebook after this now. I mean, it's, you know... uh, 
I mean, you you knew me shortly after that time, so it's like pretty similar. It's a lot of like tie dye T shirts and like beach jewelry. You are right. Andrea Bocelli is one of the uh, most the world's most beloved tenors, according to his website. I thought you were going to be wrong because how very like American and gendered of me to assume that the name Andrea was a woman's name. So no, I was like, like ready. It's like DeLuca from Grey's Anatomy. His real name is Andrea. Remember? I thought it was Andreo. I thought there was an O. I don't know anything. What were the best outfits you saw at this wedding? Talk me through them. Well, I think it goes without saying that Giannifa Larpes did not come to play. She's wearing this, I'll describe for our listeners, like light pink dress that in this picture looks very close to the tone and color of a wedding dress, but whatever. She's Jennifer Lopez. She can do whatever she wants. Exactly. She has gloves that are the same color that are long elbow length gloves a la Olivia Pope and is also wearing this white like fur wrap situation. Sort of like how I imagine a Russian princess would dress. Yeah, she's got real Russian princess vibes in a good way. Yeah, the hair too is like very... Leah Remini is in this like yellow one shoulder number that sort of looks like a westernized sari kind of. Is that accurate to say? I found a different picture of Leah Remini at that wedding. I thought she was wearing like that purple thing. Oh. But you might be right. Let's find out. Oh, wait, that is a picture. Okay. Are you looking at the picture of Jennifer Lopez? (laughs) Of Jennifer Lopez. Yes, I was looking at the thumbnail. And so from the thumbnail, I thought, okay, never mind. Uh, Yes, Leah Remini is wearing this purple thing. And you're right. She does not uh, look great at this wedding. I am curious to know, did she actually ruin this wedding? Or like, I don't know who to believe in this situation. I mean, I think two things can be true, right? I think you're probably right. I think all of that crazy shitty stuff could have happened and she was either under the influence or just like super stressed and making a scene. And honestly, you know what? If life has taught me nothing else, it's that I love people that make scenes. I also think like if your world is crumbling around you, like if you think that like this thing you believed since you were eight or nine years old is falling apart in front of your face. Um, you, yeah, you might freak out. Like she was a, a child of Scientology. Like it was the only religion she ever knew. It was the only community she ever knew. So I can totally see like as you start to have a crisis of faith and you start to doubt yourself and your whole world and your whole community, I, I might, you know, get a little crazy too. I might ruin a wedding of a prominent celebrity couple too, you know? I do think I put that on my bucket list now. Like ruin someone's wedding but celebrity wedding it has to be it can't be a normcore wedding because those tend to last but like if you know you're only gonna be together for like five ten years you know what yeah you're gonna have another wedding so like let me have this one all right which means we're moving on now to our final segment of the episode ken this egot Now, we know that some people, including us, uh, won't go near a book until it has been turned into a movie or TV show. (laughs) So we have to ask the question, can this EGOT? That means if it were a TV show, would you give this an Emmy? If it were a song, would you give it a Grammy? If it were a movie, would you give it an Oscar? And if it were a piece of theater, would you give it a Tony, a.k.a. an Antoinette Perry? 
All right, Kara, talk me through this. How would you or how could you make this EGOT and do you think it would? Well, I'm leaning towards an Emmy simply because I feel like the limited series is big right now. I feel like this has big limited series potential as like a six episode thing that, you know, has some Scientology backstory, has some Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise backstory, has some Leah Remini backstory. Um, There's a really great opportunity uh, to see her in marriage counseling with Angelo (laughs) or to see her paying for that. Um, Great. great. And then, you know, like the, I would say probably end of second episode launches you into like getting ready for the wedding. Yep. Third episode is when did the stuff with Surrey Cruz happen at the rehearsal dinner or at the wedding? Uh, Rehearsal dinner or like a pre-wedding event. So I think third episode is the rehearsal dinner. Fourth episode is the wedding. Fifth episode can be like wedding continued slash the morning after. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the whole thing with like JLo and Mark Antony leaving early is like in yeah. the fifth episode. And then the sixth episode is like the resolution. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I, I would watch that. Um, I think it I think it would be Emmy bait for sure. I don't know if it would win. I think it would depend on what else was out. But I think the story is incredibly compelling. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I have a pitch for a play. Oh my god. Uh, that I think could win a Tony. First act takes place entirely before the wedding in JLo's room with the stylist. So it's JLo and Leah Remini and maybe Mark Antony and Angelo all getting ready for the wedding uh, and the stylist is there. And Leah keeps taking calls and like is having to field a lot of like the Scientology breakdown. And when is she going to tell Jennifer about what's going on and when is she not? And I think that that like creates a really interesting dynamic. And then act two, you skip ahead and you're at the Sea Org and you are uh, watching the auditing for Leah Remini as she finds out that everyone thinks she destroyed the wedding. So we see before the wedding and after the wedding. Yeah, I think it will easily get nominated. I think it could win, but it could be too frivolous. You definitely Mm. need an A-list actress in there, preferably someone that has been in a different piece with Leah Remini before. Like, Mm. Um, I didn't watch someone from Kevin can wait a show. I will never watch, but someone from Kevin can wait. (laughs) Yeah. One of the kids from Kevin can wait gets cast as Leah Remini Remini. and that's great. And you know what? Emma, for those of you who don't know, Jennifer Lopez's daughter would make a great (sighs) Jennifer Lopez by the time this gets made. And it would really be a star turn for her. She would only be nominated for best supporting, but she would clinch it. No problem. Um, Do we think it could get a Grammy or an Oscar? Ooh, you know, I, um, I think it would get nominated for a golden globe. I, I like that. All right. So we, we think that this has the legs to get a lot of buzz, not a a full EGOT. Uh, Maybe not the critical acclaim it deserves, but we do think it would be a hit. It would be a viral sensation, but it's not quite an EGOT. We think we can get you an E, we think we can get you a T, and we can give you that nice asterisk by a G. But right now, we don't have an Oscar-worthy picture here, but there's still time, you know? Yeah. Uh, so if you think that this can EGOT, go ahead and send us your pitches and your ideas, and maybe uh, we'll share some of them. Oh, I love that. That's that's what I hope comes out of this podcast, is that as we 
create the fictionalized versions of these celebrity memoirs. I hope that one of them really gets made, either from our idea or from someone else's. So send us your ideas. (laughs) Don't forget to rate and review, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at CelebBookPod. Carrie is on Twitter and Instagram at CFOST Talks A Lot. That's the letter C, FOST Talks A Lot. You can find Kara at underscore Kpro. That's underscore K-A-Y-P-R-O. Questions, comments, concerns, send us an email at celebritybookpod at gmail.com. Tell us what you loved, what you hated, and what you want us to read next. Thanks for listening. This has been Celebrity Book Club. <laughs>